You're listening to Plead the Fifth with your host, Professor Leo Yu. Plead the Fifth is a platform for attorneys to talk about the Fifth Circuit and its jurisprudence. Now here's your host, Professor Leo Yu. Okay, welcome to my podcast. Today we're talking about one resignation and one retirement. And the retirement that we're talking about is Justice Breyer, which we all heard about. And the resignation we're talking about is Justice Greg Costa, who is a Fifth Circuit Justice who just announced uh, his resignation. And as usual, nobody really talks about uh, circuit level resignations, especially now uh, Breyer's retirement announcement overshadows everything and everything. But um, we're a fifth circuit podcast. We care about that. But before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about Breyer's re- retirement. It's all over the news. And I heard, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody has heard almost enough about it. Let me throw out this one idea out there. I will see what my two guests here think about. My two guests here are my friend Joe Page from the uh, Federal Public Defender's Office, also Brian Osley from UNT Law. Thank you again for joining me, guys. Glad to be back. Yeah. My idea is Breyer's retirement is fine, is, is, is the, some sort of a good news from liberal that I've been craving for too long, and I think that's a great news. To me, he is perhaps one of the few progressive justices who understand and admit that the court system, or or at least the Supreme Court system, is a part of the political process, is a part of the political machine. Therefore, they have to play those political games and they have to play it right to make sure that institution will produce right decisions. And he is obviously picking this time to retire and to, to predict a bad outcome next year from midterm um, with a pretty bad prospects from Biden administ- uh, administration. Um, he's probably uh, afraid that they might lose more seat from the Senate and therefore lose the control of the nomination process. So I think that's a good news. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with your analysis. I think Although I'm, I wonder, you know, on some level, uh, Justice Breyer in the past, including most notably last fall when there were a lot of things creeping up with um, Justice Barrett sort of uh, making some comments at the uh, McConnell Center in Louisville, and then uh, both Justice Alito and Justice Thomas making some remarks at the University of Notre Dame, you know, where people were sort of actively discussing about, you know, justices and, and, and politics and things like that. And justice Breyer was selling a book at the time. And he was basically the part of the premise of the book is look, things we're, we're pretty much all, you know, neutral and we're just trying to get along and sort of like, don't read too much into societal politics into what goes on in the in the courtroom and, and we've heard this from other justices too sort of like we're not republican justices or democratic justices you know we may have different you know leanings or judicial philosophies but we're not a republican justice or a democratic justice um and i think 
Breyer wants to espouse that, wants to believe that, but at the same time, the timing of this, as you just alluded to, I think is part and parcel because Breyer, Breyer is pretty much a loyal Democrat. He's a liberal uh, justice, and he wants to ensure that someone will replace him uh, without too much drama and hassle for Joe Biden. Joe, what do you think? That sounds about right to me. Um, I, I mean, I think I will agree that he has been quite scrupulously um, civil and and has been scrupulously um, unwilling to to attach any of the any ideological or or, or partisan um, labels to himself or anyone else in the court, and has always vigorously disclaimed them um, in you know in a way that is becoming that is still the norm, but is becoming a little less less universally the norm, even at the Supreme Court. Um, and that, you know, that's, that's how, that's a, sort of the healthy, healthy to maintain that veneer, I think. Um, I also agree too, though, that, that the retirement is, is uh, the timing of the retirement is, you know, is obviously informed by political considerations and it should have been. And, and it seemed to me like a, a fairly responsible act I to, to me and I, and I, my, politics are, you know, generally progressive and they're um in and I'm particularly interested in in criminal law given my profession. Um I, I would say it's more of the absence of bad news than good news. I don't know if it I would call it um really a a step forward. It's just it, it's the difference between seven extremely conservative justices and six, although in 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 my field, from my perspective as somebody who's looking at those opinions from the perspective of criminal defendants, um, we have Gorsuch um, in that can some who can sometimes supply a fifth vote. Um, and some, you know, and sometimes he was a more he might have been a more we might have sometimes had more hope for Gorsuch's vote than Breyer in yeah, some cases. Yeah. Um, and so it's not quite as bleak from our perspective as it as it is from some of the other perspectives. I, I think Breyer is really, his perspective is really interesting when you move past the left-right dimension too, because he's sort of, um, he really is kind of, to me, a justice for a little bit of a different time and maybe a time that will come back, but, but he's sort of the opposite to me of an originalist and a textualist. He's, the, the opinions are very practical um, they're they're very willing to sort of uh, adapt the structures of of the Constitution and those guarantees to to the needs of a of a contemporary society, um, and, and I think that's that is absolutely not the moment that we're in. Talk about one of the components of the court. I mean, we have this um, dilemma that. Uh, it, same thing for civil litigants, and you are at the face of losing hope to the court. I think we are getting to the point of today, uh, largely because pro- progressive justice unwillingness to to play the game. To put it very frankly, I mean, from um, quite a long time ago, Justice Warren didn't really retire until um, LBJ was on his way out. And Brannon and then uh, Justice Marshall uh, did the same thing. They didn't retire really timely and then allow 
a more conservative U.S. president to continue to appoint a lot of U.S. Supreme Court justices to replace uh, their vacancies. Uh, that's where we got. And the last defeat Progressive received on the Supreme Court was because our beloved RBG. She didn't choose to retire during Obama year. When that vacancy became available, that's when the disaster really getting worse. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, clearly uh, it's well documented that uh, the more liberal justices seem to cling to the positions longer to the detriment of maybe having a shift where the justices are nom- or are filled by someone across the board. Uh, so uh, more more Republican. Um, and, and definitely with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I, I think highly of Justice Ginsburg. I think she had an amazing career before and after her time on the bench. But her failure to allow Obama to nominate her successor ensures that her judicial legacy on the Supreme Court is going to be undermined in many different avenues. You know, that that error, which I, I view as slight bit of arrogance, is, you know, we've, we all, we're all sort of stuck left living with it. You know, we'll see. I mean, Justice Breyer, we're going to get a good, good nominee. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think following up on some of what Joe said, I think Breyer is a different type. I, I think he's sort of a little bit like Stevens, sort of middle of the court, uh, moderate. Uh, I think he's a liberal because he's he's a Democrat and he's he's more liberal than the six. Um, but I don't think of him as sort of a flamethrower by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's very practical. He's very reasonable, kind of like like uh, Justice Stevens in many regards, and, and uh, maybe Justice Frankfurter uh, before before them. But um, you know, I'm excited to see. Who gets nominated and confirmed? I think it will, you know, not change the balance on the court, but I, it will definitely change the dynamic. Okay, enough about the Supreme Court. Let's talk about the about the Fifth Circuit. Greg Costa is actually really young to to announce a resignation. He's only forty nine, and also it's really very rare for any just a, a circuit level justice to announce resignation. I don't have the exact number, but I think in the past three decades, it happens like four, four times. Usually the norm is they will, re, they will announce that they're going to become a senior status mm. justice, then someone is going to fill in. They never really just resign and leave the court. That's just not how they do things. But that's happened to him. As a 49 years old, very young justice, he rendered his resignation probably a um, Two, two weeks ago, and he's going to return to private practice in August. So that opens up a vacancy for the Biden administration to fill in to the Fifth Circuit. Let me give you some background uh, regarding the components of the Fifth Circuit. We have 17 active duty justices right now, and we have uh, counting Costa right now, we have about, we, we have five uh, justices that were uh, appointed by a Democrat and the rest 14 were all appointed by Republicans. And Trump alone successfully appointed and confirmed six out of the 14. So this is a a very uh, Trump era fifth circus right now. 
And then actually before the resignation announcement of Greg Costa, James Dennis also announced that he's going to retire. He's going to take a senior status. That means the components now is becoming 14 conservative, three active progressive, namely Stewart, Gravis, and Higginson. So that's the reality we're talking about right now. Yeah, so Joe, you deal with Fifth Circus on a daily basis. So tell me your first reaction when you heard about the resignation. Um, You know, puzzled, for sure. I mean, I I can understand why, um, but... And it, it certainly it wasn't irresponsible in in the way that it is to hang on to a seat until you can't be replaced, um, you know, in, until until your replacement is not who you wish it were. Um, but I was it's it's quite unusual. I, I, there's no reason to to um, speculate beyond his explanation for it, which is that he'd rather be an advocate going to happen i can i can sort of imagine what it might be like to be on the moderate wing of that court right now um that it that it's it really has changed a lot in ideological complexion it's, it seems to me to be quite aggressive um in reaching uh, towards the right that, that there's a lot of settled law that's being moved back and um and i have to say the tone within the fifth circuit right now seems chippy, I guess is what they, they say in basketball when there's a lot of sort of fouls, uh, personal fouls going back and forth that the tone doesn't seem like as collegial as it has been. So I, I guess I can understand um, what that, what that decision might be about, but, but I, I don't know much about, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be speculating to, to guess. I guess, you know, the federal, court system is all sort of like a really closed out system that people don't really know what exactly happened inside unless you're actually in the chamber, which I guess uh, Brian can tell me more about the secrecy of the federal court. I used to be a judge there, Um, but I can at least say that I'm 100% sure that, you know, his announcement, the the official answer for this uh, resignation is, well, litigation is my passion. I'm going to private practice. But, you know, you, you almost for sure know this is not going to be the only reason. So what do you think, Brian? Well, you know, as you alluded to, I, uh, I know uh, Judge Costa. He was uh, nominated and confirmed as a district judge when I was down on the Southern District of Texas. Uh, I worked for him as a federal magistrate judge. Um, and, you know, he is a decent, decent person. I mean, he's just... Uh, you know, and so it, it's a loss um, and, and not because he's a Democrat, but because he is a he is a decent person. And, there, you know, there are decent people uh, on both sides of that aisle um, who are in the judiciary. And, and, and he is one who who is just a decent person. It was great that he was on the Fifth Circuit. You know, Joe says, uh, take him at his word. And, and, and I don't doubt that on some level. Um, you know, he's been at it probably for about 10 years or more. Uh, on the bench and you know it 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 can be a very lonely and isolating life uh being on the bench um and i would imagine for someone like judge costa where you have the ideological 
uh, isolation, it can be even more so because whereas if you have a fifth circuit that's evenly divided, you at least have some colleagues who you can commiserate with. Um, he's, he's losing, you know, he's lost a number of those folks uh, to do that with. So, you know, and, and so, you know, that component of it could potentially have pushed him out a little earlier. You know, I remember this was a number of years ago, Judge Ludic on the Fourth Circuit left to go, I think, be general counsel of Boeing. I, you know, and he was approximately cost his age and a rising star. He was, you know, potentially mentioned as a Supreme Court nominee. And, and maybe it was in part because he realized that wasn't going to happen because he had been passed over. So he thought he'd do something different. You know, I don't, you know, it could be, you know, it, as a federal appellate judge, you're making good money, but, you know, Judge Costa uh, went to Dartmouth undergrad and Yale Law School. And if he's looking at uh, trying no, he went to, to send- UT Law. Did he go to UT Law? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, if he's looking at sending his children to elite educational institutions, that that costs money and doing it on a, a federal judge's salary is a lot harder, especially probably because you're you're above the threshold for a lot of financial aid, but you don't make enough where you can just write the check. Um, and I think so, the last time I checked, uh, I think at his level, his paycheck is now is at $236,000 a year. Really not a lot when we think about it. Now, a uh, if you go to big law, first year associate can now get paid 200K off the bat. And isn't that crazy? But that's the reality we're dealing with yeah. right now. I'm not saying that a 230K is not a lot of money. It is, but I'm in, in comparison, it's just, yeah. and also at, at, at his age, he has more of, you know, if he's if he's going to jump, now's the time. He's still, you know, uh, relatively young. He's probably got about, you know, fifteen more years, more years yeah. of good productive work. If he, you know, if you hop into big law and you, you know, you make a million plus for the next fifteen years, you know, that's that's not a bad life to retire on. So, but uh, you know, I'm I'm dis- not disappointed. I'm sad to see. Uh, Judge Costley, because like I said, I think he's a decent person and, and the Fifth Circuit is is less for his departure. I'm excited to see who could come in and replace him, just like I'm excited to see who could come in and replace uh, Justice Breyer. And and maybe some of the same types of folks are, I hope, being considered by the Biden administration. I'm glad you brought that up about the replacement and uh, that's what I'm going to talk about next is Biden administration strategy in uh, judiciary uh, placement. Um, that is one point the administration has said that they are really proud of. They have pushed a lot of nominations that are going to confirm. But actually, all the confirmations so far, they are either from a state with two Democrats as senators or, at, or with one Republican, one Democrat situation. I don't think we have actually seen any successful nomination being confirmed from a complete red state. Do you think this is a moment when Biden administration get the chance to deal with red states specifically and let's just push forward as many as possible before midterms? My um, information about that was that at the circuit level, Biden was not 
insisting on approval from senators, from home state senators. So I'm hoping that that's true. Um, but the the, lo- the length of time since the Dennis re- retirement announcement to now um, leads me to wonder about that. You know, uh, we, we've been hearing uh, as it relates to Justice Breyer's replacement that it's going to be an African-American woman. And so originally I thought, well, you know, I'd like, you know, I'm in Dallas. I'd like for the circuit judge to be from Dallas. That'd be, that'd be nice, you know? Uh, And, but, you know, uh, more recently I've been thinking, you know, you're, you're indicating that you want to nominate an African-American woman for the Supreme court. It's long overdue per uh, president Biden. I think you could make the same assertion for the fifth circuit. Um, and then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, and that's true. Uh, I think you could probably make the same assertion for uh, a Hispanic woman on the fifth circuit. Right. And so then I started thinking about, you know, people, right. And in terms of, uh, uh, Latinx, uh, female judges, um, you know, there is, um, you know, J- Judge Gonzalez Ramos, who's down in Corpus Christi, who I think would be excellent. There is D- Judge Diana Saldana down in Laredo, um, who's a possibility, you know, and and there are no doubt others around the state of Texas who who would fit, you know, uh, who've been confirmed and could, could be nominated uh, and confirmed this time. So, I'm, I'm hoping that that's where we go in terms of adding some diversity on the Fifth Circuit, um, and and we'll see. From what I heard from you know the grapevine is the White House is well aware of the lack of representation from the Latino Latina community at the Fifth Circuit, a circuit which has a lot of uh, population from that demographic. Uh, so I think that's, they're not really shy away from it. So I think um, the names you just mentioned, uh, uh, federal court judges with Hispanic background uh, or Latino background, I think they they are all probably under the consideration. But from my personal perspective, I want, I would like a Biden administration to have a broader and a little bit more progressive, open-minded perspective on this. I think we should also consider practitioners who have extensive experience in the Fifth Circus. Uh, That is going to expand the the pool much, much larger. What do you think, Joe? Well, you know, when when we have been watching the nominations inside the Defender and be in, uh, in amazement that that former Defenders had been nominated and and seeing, um, you know, maybe at the at the outside of experience, at out at the outside limit of of what experience people imagine a federal judge might have, seeing that there were there were people that looked like my my colleagues, um, that that you know, and that Freeman nominated to the Third Circuit is graduated in two thousand seven and and has spent her career in the Defender. We, I haven't really been able to think past that kind of hope <laughs> um, that that those kind of practitioners, practitioners that are in Defender or, or um, 
or um, civil rights organizations and um, legal aid that, that that's a nominee like that is possible. I don't know. I, uh, one, I think uh, Judge Higginson uh, on the Fifth Circuit sort of fits that bill. I think he was a, a public defender before, before uh, rising to the Fifth Circuit. No, but I think he, he was in the U.S. US Attorney's Office. Was, yeah. was he? Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, you're, you're going to get someone who's a judge. I mean, you know, if it's going to be hard to get someone on the Fifth Circuit in general, you're going to have someone who's experienced. I think it's probably hard to get someone who was a state judge, uh, appellate judge, uh, because of uh, the differences there. I, I, you know, I think, you know, when you look at the Breyer nomination uh, or the replacement for, you know, the front runners are uh, uh Judge Jackson out of D.C., who uh, fits a lot of the traditional uh, coming from the D.C. circuit, but a former federal public defender. Um, So you have um, Justice, uh, I can't remember her name, out in California, uh, uh, who's uh, potentially. And you have uh, the woman from South Carolina who who, uh, ostensibly both Senator Graham and Senator Scott from South Carolina are willing to vote for. I think, I, I, I think it's probably, I mean, and Claiborne's pushing for it. So, you know, there's a shot, but I think it's probably going to be judge Jackson from DC. Yeah. But, but, but uh, the the difference is you were talking about the Supreme court nomination. That's a different caliber. Yeah. But you're talking about the fifth circuit. If you were talking about district judge level, I think, I think you, you would see some more diversity of non uh, non judges and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that the replacement for Costa will likely be, uh, someone who's already a federal judge somewhere in Texas. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I think that probably will, will, will just become what you said, but that doesn't necessarily uh, mean that I'm, I'm 100% for this strategy. I think Democrats are usually more willing to be bound by some sort of traditions in this sort of process. But when Republicans are in the House, they do whatever they think that is feasible to achieve their agenda and to make things happen. So during Trump years, when you see those nominations, even for circuit level, you see practitioners with very, very like what, five to 10 years experience become circuit level justices. And that fit into their agenda. They need a young, loud mind to be able to hold that seat as long as possible. That was the game. And you have a, yes, probably is more feasible to get a federal district court judge to fit in, but none of them are young. But hey, whoever is going to be replacing him will be in a very hot position. From the last several years, I read several dissenting opinions from Costa. I think my overall uh, sense is he's getting tired. He's, He's getting tired of all this fight and then at some point i have to say several justices on the bench are became are be, are becoming a little bit on on civil i think sometimes during the oral argument or even in writing whoever who's 
who who's going to replace him uh, better understand that that's a hot bench. You know, whoever comes in probably is better off just to lay back because I think the Fifth Circuit, the 14 or so Republican judges are about to eat each other. They're, they're, I mean, like, because there really isn't a fight between half Democrat, half Republican. It's now all what kind of Republican are you? they're they're going to turn on each other they're yeah they're rivals on the fifth circuit they were and maybe continue to be on some level rivals for a potential slot on the supreme court i think i think this is a situation where you're going to potentially see the eating of one owns young oh wow i think we have several conclusions is first is a huge loss from the fifth circuit for costa's resignation and his replacement, um, although we have hope that can, you know, the administration can take a more liberal, more progressive position, but it's more than likely to be another judge, probably another district, uh, district court judge uh, with a potential to be Latina, Latino. Uh, then uh, what else we talk about? Whoever, who, whoever is going to replace him was not going to be able to change the dynamic of the court after, at the mm. Fifth Circus. It's going to be in the foreseeable future. I think it's all about what kind of republics are you? What kind of conservative are you between those uh, conservative ju- judges? So that's the dynamic. But thank you again for joining uh, me today for this very interesting podcast. We're losing another uh, justice on the progressive side from the Fifth Circuit, but I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs>